Hello, Molo, Saubona, Dumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Durban. We are part of a global family of churches with the purpose to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance His kingdom. For your um, men and women's gatherings, I like that the men are Brian and the women are actually doing something deep and meaningful. Some bold promises there that uh, every question will be answered. So, um, <laughs> good to good to know. Sobs, knocks, um, just for some of the last few weeks. Um, it's good to be teaching again. I actually haven't been here for a while, I think, so I'm losing a bit of fitness. Um, so it's so good to get back into the, into the seat. Um, I want to um, talk about my uh, sermon title this morning through a story that, that happened to me recently, and uh, it involves the this, this star screwdriver over here. And I did realize when I started to... Um, you know, or when I wanted to use the story that last time I had a spirit level. So don't worry, it's not becoming a theme. Uh, I'm not going to be using tools uh, in each of my sermons. The next one, definitely not. But a little while ago, a friend of mine came to visit. And um, as he left, I've got a, a house where I've got to walk down some steps around to the driveway. So I'll, I normally walk my guests out and then open the gates. And I just noticed when I picked up my uh, remote that the star screwdriver was lying on the little red cabinet by my door and uh, I was in a fidgety mood so I picked it up because you know in something you, sometimes you just want something to carry and I was wearing a hoodie so I put it into my hoodie it was cold and I was fiddling around with it and anyway I went downstairs and let the guy at the gate but as the the gate closed I walked up to the gate to say goodbye and then I was just standing there and um, my neighbor uh, one of the guys that works for my neighbor was thinking around on his bicycle, on his motorbike. And uh, he quickly ran up to my gate before I turned around. He said, hey, bro, sorry, can I, can I bother you? Um, so I was like, no, no problem. So he said, so you don't by any chance have a star screwdriver? So I, so I went, I guess I went, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> the guy's face, he, he, like, he like looked at me for a bit and he said, what, what just happened there? I could, how did you just, did you just put like some like magic pocket there, you know? You don't have a star screwdriver, eh? Yeah, sure. So I walked back upstairs and the story lived with me for a while and, and, and prepping for the sermon, I, 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 my kind of metaphor with this is that when we take possession of what God has for us, He brings us into proximity with the needs of this world. And we can meet those needs supernaturally. And this morning I want to talk about the idea that we as believers are called by God to advance. That's been the theme this morning, you know, just doers and, and, and advancing and influencing and getting out there. And uh, I want to share from a scripture in Hebrews which encourages us not to shrink back. Um, and so this morning is all about not shrinking back. Shrinking back is about retreating. 
Um, shrinking back is about retreating, but the opposite of that is to advance and to amplify our influence and to take possession of what God has given us and to know that he's going to bring us into proximity with the needs of this world and that we can meet those needs supernaturally. And if we don't do that, then the needs of this world won't be met. And that is our role as the church, is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth this morning. And it's so critical that we do gather and that we do encourage each other and that we do spur each other on to, to, to bring the kingdom of heaven into this world, especially, especially now when we know how much it needs it. I want to talk into this because of the current climate. I know that our lived reality is so tough. Um, I don't even want to mention the, the, the COVID word again and, and, then, and then the things that we've all gone through. And it, it feels like, and I guess because of the work that I'm in, I get to meet a lot of people both in the church and outside of the church. And it's as though this very tiring, fatiguing song is just on repeat. You know when your children listen to that song and then they, they play it again and then they play it again and then eventually like, listen, please, no more, please, we're going to change that song. And then they ask for it in the car. I've been talking to my children about killing things. You know when you kill something? When you, when you play something too much, you kill it. It, 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 it. The joy goes away out of that thing. And that's what this, this narrative is like out there in the world. It is so tiring. There's so much fatigue and this people are, are, are drained. And there's a few things that are starting to creep into our lives. And we've got to caution ourselves as believers to not succumb to these things because of the differentiated nature of what it means to be a son and a daughter of the king. And those three things are this. The first one is a conservative mindset. We've got to caution ourselves against the conservative mindset where we start to play it safe. Where we start to almost hedge our bets and start to weigh up what's going to work and what's not going to work, and where we start to think small because we're just unsure about the world and where it's going and what's happening out there. And so our mindset becomes conservative. Our mindset becomes small. I'm noticing more and more that people are, are sticking to themselves and not making plans for the future. And that's, of course, because of what's happening. But we've got to caution ourselves against the conservative mindset as believers. And I want to talk a little bit about this today. The second thing that is creeping in is self-preservation. Due to limited capacity especially, we only choose to expend our energy in a narrow field of activities, in a narrow field of, of events. And we're, we're because of the, 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 the fatigue that's out there, especially from an emotional point of view, we're doing the things that, that, that just ensure that we don't have to expend too much energy. Um, and so the self-preservation sort of kicks in. And then because of that, we choose the path of least resistance. Uh, and we're doing the things that are, are just feel easier, um, that don't take too much effort, that don't require too much from us. That, and even just the idea of perhaps waking up for prayer or the idea of, 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 of reaching out to people or the idea of pushing into something or even dreaming up a new project or getting out there and, and, and making some steps towards advancing the gospel. That stuff just feels, it feels like too much. And so we limit or we even inhibit our impact in its entirety. And as a collective... We are the church. And so if as individuals we start to have a conservative mindset and engage in self-preservation and, and choose the path of least resistance, then the body as a whole will be a demonstration of that. And that's the, the risk that we run. And this is not out of a space of, of condemnation by any means. This is out of a space of saying, hey, I get this. We get this. I know what it means to feel this way right now. The idea of getting home, grabbing some chocolate, putting Netflix on, putting the kids in some other room with an iPad, 
and just fading away into a couch sounds glorious. <laughs> sounds glorious. But that's not what we're called to do. Maybe every now and then. Okay. But it's not what we're called to do. As I was reading this, I was reflecting on that very powerful story that we all know where the 12 spies were sent into the promised land. Who remembers that? And the 12 spies went in and what, I, what really jumped out at me is when they came back, the first thing that all 12 said in agreement is that that land flows with milk and honey. I love that. So in other words, the 12 spies had God's promises and His faithfulness behind them because of the journey through Exodus. And they had God's promise of the land of milk and honey in front of them. They were standing in this junction between God's promises and faithfulness behind them and God's promises in front of them. And then we know that only Caleb was the one that stood up because the people said, but as much as the promises of God are in front of us, there are some strong people who dwell there and the cities are fortified and very large. And there's this tension that God's promises are still in front of us, people. But man, a whole lot going on. There's a whole lot of stuff just in our way. There's a whole lot of insurmountable stuff that I feel like this mountain, I just can't climb. And so 10 out of the 12 said, we need to shrink back. We need to retreat. And Caleb stands up and he says, he was the first one, he says, he raises his voice, he says, let us go, for we are able to overcome. Let us go, for we are able to overcome. And Joshua and Caleb believed that they could overcome and encouraged the tribes to advance. But because of that ten, those tribes retreated. I was doing the sums. We've got a 75-15% split. 15% of the believers who had been in the midst of God's glory, who knew about His promises and His faithfulness, who could see God's promises, 75% of them said, I'm retreating. There's 50 of us in the room. What if only seven of us have the capacity and the belief in God's faithfulness to walk in to those promises and to overcome? What if 75% of the church in our country are on retreat mode? What is going to be the consequence to our city? What's going to be the consequence to our country? If we know God's full of promises, that is too much. The city is too much. I'm going to retreat. We've got to advance. Will we choose self-preservation? Will we choose conservative thinking? Will we choose to retreat? Or will we choose to occupy that which God has promised because we believe in a faithful God and we believe in our ability to take hold of it and to advance this morning? And so let's, let's talk about this. Let's unpack this. Let's, let's spend some time just encouraging each other around what it means to actually advance and to move forward. So we're going to be using Hebrews 10, um, and I'm going to start with, I'm going to begin with the end in mind this morning. We're going to talk first uh, th- uh, verses 32 to 39, um, which says this, it says, But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. So it's, I mean, it's just so, it's, after you enlightened, you know, after you came to faith, after you entered into this thing called Christianity, then what did you get? Well, you got the, having to endure struggle, having to endure uh, sufferings, being publicly exposed to reproach, 
and affliction and sometimes been partners with those who, who, who so treated. And it's the nature of what it sometimes feels like to be a believer in these times. Is that we experience these things, we experience these struggles, we experience this, this hardship. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Alright, so now we've got plundering thrown into the mix since you knew that yourselves had a better position and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Do not throw away your confidence. That's what we're trying to encourage each other to do this morning, is don't throw away the confidence. No matter what you navigate, no matter what is, is being thrown at you, do not throw away your confidence. And that's the thing that you control. That's the choice that you can make. Don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward. And no matter what, for you have need of endurance. We must grab onto that as believers. Believers need endurance. You can't escape endurance. And we might say this, that the, that the times that we're living in right now are exceptionally challenging, but that's the beauty about the narrative of the Word, is that as you go through the Word and you go through all the times through the Bible, man, they had it rough too. Maybe even rougher. Maybe we've got a whole lot easier, to be honest, than what they endured. They were in need of endurance. We're in need of endurance. The believers that come after us are going to be in need of endurance because that's what it means. And in the midst of that, we don't throw away our confidence. We've got to advance. We've got to learn to endure. I love that word endurance. Endurance. Just endure the stuff. It feels good to be in the position where you're confident and you're moving through the challenges in the spirit of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you must receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and not delay, but my righteous ones shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I want to talk about why. But we are not of those who shrink back. Let's declare that. Every nation, Durban. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith. And preserve their souls. Let's not shrink back. Let's not retreat. Let's advance. Thankfully, the author of Hebrews doesn't leave us there. He he encourages us not to advance. But before he gets there, he actually talks a little bit about how. And that's what I want to do this morning. Let's talk about how to advance. Let's, Let's get practical with this so that we can actually build this endurance up. And move forward together. So we're going to go back to Hebrews 10, 19 to 25, a little bit earlier in the chapter. And the author says this to us. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have had a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil consciousness and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us not consider how to stir up, I mean, sorry, and let us consider, rather, how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and the more, as you see, the day drawing near. 
There's four kind of key themes that I see in this piece of scripture. And maybe there's more. This is just what I really felt that I want to talk into today. Talk into today. Number one, we need to know our identity as sons and daughters of Christ so that we may have confidence. We're going to talk about that. We need to know our identity so that we may have confidence. The second thing that we need is we need intimacy with the Father so that we may have capacity. Identity so that we may have confidence. Intimacy so that we may have capacity. A hope for the future so that we may cast vision. And the fourth one is a community that we are plugged into so that we may be encouraged. These are the four things that we're going to speak into today in order to advance. Identity so that we have confidence. Intimacy so that we have capacity. Hope so that we can cast vision. And a community so that we may be encouraged. These are the, it's the ecosystem of advancement, if we can call it that. The ecosystem that sets our, us up as an individual and as collectives to, to, to advance, to endure. So let's talk about identity first. 18, verses 18 to 22. So he says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Just, just read that again. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So that when you are no, so that, Jeepers, Trav. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Are you grabbing onto that? We have got access to the kingdom of God. Anybody ever joined a club or a gym? Right, they give you a card. When you approach the doors, you don't wonder whether or not they're going to let you in. You don't wonder whether or not you belong there. You've got a card. You've got access. And so you can drive up to the boom gate and you can swap that thing or you can go to the, the gym entrance and you can swap that thing because the card gives you access. You can walk in with confidence because you're a member of that place. And this is the thing about what identity means is that this isn't something that we have to work towards. It's simply that we have to accept the fact that when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he opened up this thing called righteousness so that when we accept God into our lives... He adopts us as sons and daughters and he says, my house is yours. You have access. And it changes the way that we pray. It changes the way that we live because we're able to approach the inner throne of, 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 of the kingdom. We're able to approach God with confidence. We have access in us as a sons and daughters. And this is the starting point of what it means to advance because when our identity is insecure, when we are condemning ourselves, when we don't feel worthy, when we're approaching heaven, like we're approaching some sort of gym where we're not quite sure whether or not we're actually allowed to go in, of course we're not going to reap the full benefits of having access to the kingdom. He says, there's nothing you can do, I've given it to you. Your identity is, you're my son, you're my daughter, come in, come in. Every day at about 12.15 or whatever, I have this little noise outside my, my door. Daddy! I'm home! Anna's arrived. Pocket rocket, four years old. Da, da, da. Let me in. This is my house. I want to tell you, and because of my nature of an emergency situation, you can reach out to us. Don't for one moment believe that what we have is not for you. You're one of us. Thank you citizenship and the Bible says that you're a citizen of heaven 
should we or shouldn't we have confidence as the citizens of heaven? Absolutely. Now let's enjoy it. Let's thrive in it. Let's live in it. Let's get in there with it. So that's the first thing. This basis of, of advancement, this foundation is this identity that then links to this confidence. And then the second thing is intimacy. This is the beauty about it. Not only do we get to live in heaven while we live on earth, but we get to be intimate with the sovereign king, our dad, our father in heaven. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. And I love this. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Um, you were talking about the soul earlier. Uh, Psalm 42 verses 1 to 2 says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And so we have the soul. We have this physical body and we have the soul. And I've become really quite fascinated by the idea of the soul and I've been trying to read into it and research it a little bit more. Because when you really look at it quite practically, and you know that within your physical body exists the soul, and you read a, a, a verse like Psalm 42, which says that your soul pants for God, your soul desires the Lord, that when you meet in worship, and that when you push into prayer, and when you meet as, as, as people who are fellowshipping together, that soul is sitting in the conditions of heaven, and it comes alive, it, it thrives in the midst of, 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 of being in relationship with God, our soul is, is crying out constantly for connection with the Father. And that's why that desire it creeps up inside of us. And as we, as we meet with God, as we are intimate with God, our, our soul and our, our mind and our body and everything just becomes alive because we're connecting with our Creator. And there's something about that that starts to fuel this capacity inside of us. And for those that are feeling dry and for those that are feeling weary and those that are feeling just spent, well, maybe it's because your soul just wants the flowing streams, the connection with the Father. And the Bible speaks about the river of water that flows from, from the kingdom through us out into the world. And that comes through this intimacy. It comes through the capacity that we get when we are intimate with our God, when we spend time with Him as our soul kind of cries out. I mean, it's so interesting uh, being in the, in the self-help industry that I'm in that you, you've got what, what I call the, the kind of Bible of self-help, which is Stephen Covey's Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. Who's read that? Anybody? Okay. Uh, I mean, it's a good book. It's, it's really worth reading. A lot of the stuff that I see out there almost comes a lot from what Stephen Covey wrote. And I was privileged enough to actually listen to him speak live once, and he's, he had a lot of wisdom in his time. And his seven habits are broken up into three, three, and one. And the first three habits are about private victory. And so he speaks about having a private victory. Be proactive. Take responsibility for your life. Begin with the end in mind. Develop a mission and goals for your life. Put first things first. Prioritize and do important things first. So he's encouraging people to have a private victory. Then he says the next three, which is about a public victory. Think win-win. You know, work with the, and everybody you can win attitude. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. Listen to people sincerely. And then synergy. Work together to achieve more. And it's interesting, hey, that the kind of, the author of that book taps into so much of what's, 
biblically so relevant. Private victory, public victory. Private victory, public victory. Makes sense. But his seventh habit, he says, this is the one that holds the glue. The seventh habit is the one that binds us all together. The seventh habit is the one that if you don't spend time investing in, your private victory and your public victory are compromised. And that's where that saying that starts to creep in, which says what we most need to do is also what we are least likely to do when we don't live out the seventh habit. Well, what's the seventh habit? Sharpen your saw. Energy. In other words, you need energy to be able to engage with the private victory and engage with the public victory. As believers, our soul needs to be intimate with the Father. We need to be intimate with the Father to have the capacity to live in the private victory that we've been given through righteousness and this identity that we've been given in God and to walk out into this public victory that we've been called to take hold of. And so we can't let ourselves run dry either. We've got to capacitate ourselves. And the beauty is, is that this isn't about going to gym and eating the right food and doing all the things that you would have to do if you were just approaching this from a self-help point of view. The beauty is we can do it on our knees and you can go from feeling absolutely spent to fired up and fueled up because the Creator, the Sovereign King, meets you in that place, burns within your soul, and that goes into every fiber of your body and bone and sinew and marrow. No diet can give you that. No gym can give you that. And so as believers, we should have more energy than those that aren't following God. And I kind of challenge myself on this, why do I have less energy than the average person out there when I have a soul inside of me that when connected to heaven is accessing a river of flowing water? We're going to talk about this. How do we get to that place where we wake up and going, come on! Come on! It's not just about your eggs and bacon and your meat and your burpees. Who does burp? Burpees are harder. Those are hard. And pull-ups. Oh, no. One. Two. Tell you what, the next man bra we have, we need to have a pull-up contest. Yeah. The woman can have a burpees contest. <laughs> so we've got identity, which gives us confidence, and then intimacy, which gives us capacity. You know the beauty about those two things? You don't have to do much. <laughs> God gives, gives you the identity, and he's the one that wants to be intimate with you. You can literally access that sitting on that chair right now. This is the beauty about God. Is he makes this available to us. And then the third thing is hope. A hope for the future. Let us hold fast, uh, 1023, the confession of our hope without wavering for he who has promised is faithful. The difference between Caleb and Joshua and the other ten was not the fact that they could see the promises of God. It was that they believe in the fact that God is faithful. Caleb and Joshua knew that God had the faithfulness to lead them into the promised land and overcome the challenges that awaited them. When we know that God is faithful, we will not lose hope for the future if the future is full of insurmountable challenges and we look at it through the lens of our own capacity and our own strengths and our own talents. Of course, we might be overcome with the fact that we can't deal with those things and walk into what we hope for. But when we marry that with the fact that we are sons and daughters of God, 
and have been given the capacity that God gives us and that God works with us and that we can do anything through Christ who strengthens us, then our belief that we're able to overcome is obviously made true. And so we're walking into situations because we're walking in with a faithful God. And God had promised Israel that the promised land was theirs. We just need to believe like they needed to believe that he's faithful. And when they did, they took hold of it. We can still take hold of so many great things. Church, it's not over. It's not over. Our, our, our lives are not just about getting from Sunday to Sunday and doing our best to avoid COVID and other things. This church is going to occupy. You as believers are going to occupy. You're going to occupy positions in your corporates. You're going to occupy positions in the city. You're going to occupy. You're going to take. You're going to start projects and you're going to bring them to fruition. We're going to change streets. We're going to occupy. Let's not let the conservative mindset bring us into a place where we're going, sure, this is all about just making it through. No. It's not about making it. It's about taking it. It's about occupying. And if we have hope for the future with a faithful God, then we can, as individuals and as a collective, do significant things. Our legacy will not, to the next generation, be one that they, 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 they kind of managed. You know, they, 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 got us, they got us through. It was a little bit tricky. Our legacy will be that we leave things for them to stand on so that they may continue the good work. We're picking up this, this, this baton. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. There's never been a greater time where we have to let go of our own understanding and logic. And we have to trust in the Lord. I'm trying to challenge myself daily on this as I wake up. Don't lean on your own understanding, Trav. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And that means don't even put faith in your plans. Just allow God to use whatever your plan is right now to marry you with another plan and to move you into the future. I went for a run yesterday in Virginia Bush and I was running around there and I ran into these two, two ladies that were exceptionally lost. So they said, which way must you go? So I said, well, it's not, it's, it's a little bit tricky in there, you know, so I'm point them in the right direction, all the best. Another, like, 45 minutes, I come around a corner and there they are, like, still exceptionally lost. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to help these two out now. And we start chatting. Never been to Virginia Bush before. And, um, they start telling me the one lady is a teacher in Newlands and the other one works for some other company in Cape Town. And they, they just started to open up to me about these kids that they're working with, that they're struggling with. And they just said, you know, being in nature like this, man, it makes such a big difference. We'd love to get the kids in there. So I said to them, well, take my number if, if you want me to help you with setting that up or even come and guard them or whatever. And we ended up spending 15 minutes talking about working together. Now, I'm like, I wish I could take you to where we were in the random area of, of Durban. My plan was to go for a run. Their plan was to go for a walk. God put plan A and plan A. And he made that plan meet in the middle. You don't have to worry about what God's going to do. Just get up and walk. Just get up and run. He'll take care of the rest. He'll put you in the places that he needs to put you. You'll meet the people that you need to meet. And that thing will take shape. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own logic. Don't lean on how this is going to work and try and figure out the future. God's got that. All that Caleb and Joshua were saying to the team was, guys, let's not figure this out. Let's not figure out our strategy. Let's just walk. 
Let's just walk. And when we get to the situation, God gives us the ability to do what we need to do. I love that. That's what I love about being a believer is that I got home and said, Tones, uncanny. I went for a run, met these lovely ladies playing me voice clips of... Eventually I'd say, listen, I actually need to go now. I was getting you know, half an hour. Eventually I said, need to need to finish this. But this is the beauty about God. He'll bring us into that place. And I say that to all of you who have, who have, who have cast plans and have just found it to be so tricky. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the plans that have failed. Just keep... Keep the hope. Keep moving. All right, last thing. The community of believers so that we may be encouraged. This is critical. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing nearer. This scripture is often talked, spoken about to encourage us to, you know, come to church. Let's meet together. We've got to take this to the next level. This, this is talking about more than that. This is talking about knowing the call on our brothers' and sisters' lives and holding them accountable and stirring them up and encouraging them to walk into the fullness of what God has got for them and to never, ever let them drift from their potential. This is about me seeing Bra Sobs here and saying, Sobs, how was your week? I don't know what you're about. Did you walk in that this week? I know that vision that you've got. How's it going with that vision? Sobs, I want you to know I believe in you. So that when Sobs comes to church, he's got five people doing that. There's not much, not many places to hide, eh? You know how big your week's going to be when you know that you're going to come to church and ten people are going to say, tell me, unpack this thing for me. It's easy to get away with it when you come and everybody's friendly and whatnot, but hey, when we start to push, come on. As part of the the, the middle brand, I run like a purpose discovery um, coaching thing and I'm working with this, this woman right now and part of the process is you ask five of your tribe members to give you feedback on who you are and what you're strong at and what you should be doing and Beautiful questions like if, 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 if we're doing it for Trish, if Trish's tribe knew that Trish had unlimited resources and no fear, what would you encourage her to do? Is it five minutes? Oh, I thought you, sorry. Yeah. I'll finish now. And so I presented this stuff back to this, this lady and at the end of it she says to me, sure. I'm feeling the weight of this now. Because five of my tribe have spoken, I actually have no excuse but to step into this. I was like, yeah, you do. You asked, they told, you got to walk. To encourage means to talk or behave in a way that gives someone confidence to do something. To inspire with courage, spirit or hope. To spur on. That word, using the words, is to appeal, to urge, to plead, or to implore. There's, there's an urgency in those words. This is not about a community that are friendly with each other and that love each other. This is an urgency to, to plead, to urge, and to inspire confidence and to influence. Say, I can't let you go through your life without you expressing and maximizing your potential as a son or a daughter of the king. I know what's in you. I'm not letting you stand before me and not use what's in you. 
That's what a community of believers looks like. We need to know what we are called to. We need to be meeting and saying, what are you called to? This is what our connect groups are, are all about. You need to find yourself in a community that knows the potential that sits in you and will not sleep until you are living in that potential and maximizing on that and, and living into your calling. That's what it means to be in this community. Can you imagine being in that community and how encouraged you will be every single time you meet together? And that's why the word says we must continue to meet. Let's take this to the next level. And so there's the ecosystem. You've got identity, which gives you confidence. You've got intimacy, which gives you capacity. Then you've got hope in a faithful God, which means that you continue to cast vision and set plans and walk into those. And then you've got this community that's constantly encouraging you. How can we lose? Let's model this, every nation. And to really drive this home as I prepped it and I realized that God gives us the identity, God gives us the intimacy, God is the faithful God that gives us the hope, and God created this thing called the church that gives us community. It kind of makes sense to me why he says, he'll not be pleased if we shrink back. Because you all know as parents, when you give so much to someone and they squander it, they had it all, of course you're not going to be pleased. But the encouraging thing about that scripture is that we have it all. Let's use it. Let's not retreat. For the word says at the end of this, the time is now. The day of the Lord is drawing near. Let's not wait until things calm down or till things go back to normal. Newsflash, ain't going to (laughs) happen. There's so much more to come. But that's what we were wired for. That's what we designed for. So let's embrace it. Let's live in it. Let's love it. Let's create this ecosystem. And let's advance and encourage each other to not shrink back. Okay, let's stand and let's pray together this morning. Father, I want to thank you so much for every single person in this room. And I want to thank you that there is not just a bunch of random people here today. There are significant people, sons and daughters of the king, standing in this place who have got significant callings on their life, Father God. And right now, Lord God, I want to create just a moment for you to deposit vision back Where there's conservative mindset in this room right now, Father God, I ask you literally to take it away. By the the power of your Spirit to wrap their mind in your Holy Spirit and remove, surgically remove a conservative mindset. Remove fear. Remove doubt. Remove small and narrow thinking. Take out that that, that line that says, will it be okay? Remove that too. Take out the what if. And where those synapses have been formed and where those, those neural pathways have been formed around that because of maybe weeks or months or even years of that thinking, I pray supernaturally that those synapses will be broken and that new pathways will be created that line up with your word, Father God. And that we, Lord God, will be a church that walks thinking big, dreaming big, 
as sons and daughters of the King who have full access can run riot in heaven Father God bring it here to earth Father God and advance the cause of your gospel and as was prayed earlier for your glory for your glory for you have made it possible Lord God praise your holy name Lord wash over these bodies Lord where there's weariness right now I pray for the souls inside of us to just feel that pure water washing over just that that river flowing over Father capacitate this church capacitate these bodies Father God refuel, refire, renew, revive Lord may hope literally begin to reform right now Father oh we repent for for, for conservative thinking Lord We, we repent for wanting to retreat Lord God Forgive us for where we were afraid. Forgive us for where we were scared, Lord God. But we're turning around, Father God. We're turning around and we're facing up to whatever it is that we have to face up to, Lord God. Bring endurance into this body. Now I pray for every person that is out there that needs this community, Lord God. Bring them. Bring the thousands to every nation, Lord God. Bring the, bring the thousands so that we may call each other out and that we may go, Lord. May this be a church of testimony and story. Testimony and story and influence and impact. Advancement and amplification, Father God. And we love you, Lord. Let's just stay in this intimate, beautiful moment because I feel like the Lord is capacitating us right here, right now. Just be intimate with the Lord. That's what this that's what this moment is, this time just to gather in his presence, just to draw near to his heart and hear from him a word from heaven that can encourage and build us. There's a transaction taking place this morning in in some of us here. <laughs> and I don't want you to miss out. Let the transaction happen in your heart. You can walk out of here so free, so capacitated, so encouraged, so full of the power of heaven that you can walk out of here and go make every demon in hell tremble with the vision and the hope and the sense of security and identity that's just getting implanted in you right now and you don't know how it's happening, but it's happening. It's happening right here. He's pouring into you. He's filling you up. He's shifting things around in your soul. Your soul was thirsty. You were like that deer panting for something, some life, some encouragement, some hope, 
some strength, some power, something to get you through the week, to get you through your parenting, to get you through your career, to to help you get through all the challenge that you're facing right now. Here it is, church. By faith, let's lay hold of what heaven has for us this morning. Let's just lay hold of it and say, Lord, do it in me today. Do it in me today. I have been purchased by your blood. I have been purchased by you. I am a citizen of heaven. This is my right. This is my authority. This is what you have opened for me today. I step into it in the name of Jesus. I step into it and I receive it. Oh, Lord, we need it. Oh, Lord, we need it. It's flowing this morning, church. There's a grace that's coming upon you. Just open up your hands. Open up your heart. Receive from heaven this morning. There is a grace coming upon you. It's like a fresh river. It's like a pouring out of you, on, of the grace of God on you today. There is a pouring out of His Spirit on you. He is washing you. He is refreshing you. He is touching you. He is delivering you this morning. He is setting you free this morning. He is opening opening wide the prison doors the hopelessness is going in Jesus name the hopelessness is going in Jesus name we are a people of hope we are a people of strength we are a people of power we break the spirit of hopelessness in the name of Jesus we break the spirit of defeat in the name of Jesus we will not retreat you will not make friends with us we command you to go in the name of Jesus we drive you out in the name of Jesus where you have got a grip on our minds where you have got a grip on our hearts we command you to go in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we declare a release of every of every child of God right now. We declare a release in this place. We release you in the name of Jesus. We set you free today. We set you free today, church. We set you free in the name of Jesus. We set you free. We declare freedom. Freedom over your mind. Freedom over your heart. Freedom over your body. Every fear to go in the name of Jesus. I declare boldness over you in the name of Jesus. Boldness over you in the name of Jesus. You are bold. You are bold in Him. You are bold in Him. Lord, I thank You for that different spirit that was upon Caleb and Joshua just to wash over us this morning. Wash over us this morning. That different spirit that says we can take it. We can take it. We can take it. It's not going to wreck and ruin. The city is not going to the dogs. The city is not going to the enemy. The city is not going to the demons. The city is not going. This job's not going. My life's not going. My life's not going that way. It's going up. It's going from glory to glory. It's going from strength to strength. It's going from one degree of glory to the next. We declare hope. A fresh breath of hope. Refresh, revive, fill up. (laughs) We don't know how, but He's doing it, church. We don't know how, but He's doing it. Holy Spirit, You are so welcome here today. You are so welcome. Rend the heavens, Lord. Rend the heavens and come down upon us today. Rend the heavens. 
rend the heavens over us and let light arise wherever there's darkness wherever there's darkness we say light light we declare breakthrough this week we declare a turnaround in circumstances systemic circumstances things that have been immovable for months if not years we declare today it's over today it is over things that have been hard trenched entrenched and systemic whether it be sickness or circumstances that are not aligning with the promise of God today we declare enough we declare a breakthrough we declare a turnaround we declare a shift Woo! we declare a shift <laughs> I don't know why but while we were in worship this morning I felt like a like a song in my heart and I just started writing some words during worship I don't know the content of the sermon this morning and I said I just wrote this I said this is I wrote this in worship today there is a new song brewing there is a new wind blowing something new is in the air he is on the move he's changing the season He's turning the tide. He's moving the mountains in my way. Just when my flesh was failing, just when I thought I couldn't go on, just when I thought nothing would change, you broke through. Lord, I don't know. <laughs> that's for that's for some of you here today. We just declare a new song over you today where there has been a a demonic tune of failure a demonic tune of defeat a narrative over your life of defeat we break it today in the name of Jesus saints we set you free in the good news of Jesus there is a new song brewing there is something new in the air over your life why don't you just say that there is something new in the air over my life he's on the move he's changing the season he's turning the tide he's moving the mountains there's something new in the air he's on the move he's changing the season he's turning the tide he's moving the mountains he's breaking through come on lord we thank you jesus guys it's all possible because he chose to make a covenant with us and we're going to ask the ushers to hand out the communion and we're going to remember that covenant that was made with us through what Jesus did so the ushers are going to hand out the communion we've got yeah thank you and disciples and he was doing this this act of breaking bread and he was doing this act of of giving communion, sharing the wine. And we get an opportunity to do that not just once a month as a church, but every time we sit down together at a meal, we can break bread, we can take partake of a cup and remember that there is a covenant that God has made 
Let's do it when we're sitting around the table with our children, when we're sitting with our spouse, if we're sitting with friends. Let us take part of this communion and remember that there's a covenant that's been made. Because there's another table that I was reminded of in Psalm 23, where it says that the Lord will prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. That talks about a banqueting table in the midst of hardship, in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of adversity and things coming against you. Let's be a people who take communion often and remember that there is a covenant, a covenant. I just feel this morning that there's a breakthrough in the air. If if there is, if if you're in a situation right now that like you need a breakthrough, I don't know whether it's an addiction, a physical thing, a family thing, or whatever. I'm going to ask you just to come stand in the front. Let's like we'll social distance it. Like you can spread yourselves out in a long line in the front here. Bring your communion with you. Bring your communion with you. If that's you and you need a a, a breakthrough, something has to break. Just let's just get out of our seats and, and spread ourselves out. Just anywhere. It doesn't have to be a straight line. It can just just come up here. We're not gonna we're not gonna lay hands on you today. The Lord's gonna do it today. Okay. The Lord's gonna do it. There's something. Something powerful in this room right now. If you're at home and you're watching this, stand up in your living room, wherever you are. Just stand up. If this is you, wherever you're at, I want you to take this communion in your hand like this. All right, have you all got it? Just hold this communion in your hand. And what you're going to do, don't do it now. You're going to break this communion with your fingers, okay? But don't do it right now. We're going to do it together. He was broken. So we don't have to be broken. So we can actually be okay. (laughs) He was broken. So we can be free. We just got to enter into that by faith today. We got to enter that. And, And as we break this, what we're doing is we're proclaiming His brokenness and our healing. That's what we're doing. This is your healing today. You are going to be set free today. This thing is going to turn around because of what He did on the cross for you. So we're going to just do this together as a family. Let's lift it up, this bread. And Father in heaven, our faith is in you. As we break this bread, let's break it. We remember His body was broken for us. Hallelujah. Lord, I declare healing. I declare life. I declare breakthrough over every situation here today because of this bread that was broken for us, this body that was broken for us. Let's take it together and receive the breakthrough. Let's take the cup. Oh, yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and move. Anointing of God, I call you to fall right now. Set every captive free right now. Let this blood wash us pure today. Let us walk out of here new people today. Hallelujah. Mm. All right, let's take the cup together.
Wash over us, Lord. Wash over us, Lord. Restore identity this morning. Restore intimacy today. Restore hope, we pray. In your precious name. My friends, if you're standing here in the front and you don't have somebody who's walking with you or knows what what's going on, like I know some of you are standing here and there's somebody who knows fully what's going on in your space and they're there and they're walking alongside you that's awesome and you are isolated and you are not plugging in with somebody who is part of your journey and part of part of this moment i want to encourage you to not leave without bringing somebody into that because that is what we are we're not just a hello sunday community we're a community who knows each other and loves each other and is willing to walk with each other amen so may the lord bless you and keep you May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He fill you with peace and hope. And may you walk in the victory that is your portion because you are a citizen of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Be blessed and we'll see you guys next Sunday. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.